Uh, good afternoon and welcome to a new entry into the Morningstar Journal. My name is Tariq and this is a podcast that I created to, well, basically just uh, take a few minutes to go over books, movies, TV, games, um, just about anything and everything that just comes to my mind and things I feel like talking about. Uh, normally this is, uh, usually it's like a retrospective, so it is on uh, different things that I have experienced, uh, like I said, the games and books that I've actually, either games I've played or books I've read, and just want to give you my personal takes, my, you know, good points and bad points on, um, you know, things that you may want to either check out or things you might want to enjoy. Uh, if you're listening to the background, I do have a little bit of a, a bass jazz music that I decided to kind of play along, you know, and give a little little bit of atmosphere. Hope everyone who listens like it. And I want to thank anyone who does listen to this podcast. Uh, now, as you know, this um, this episode is coming quite a while from my last one, um, which was about uh, Blood Song, a book that's written by Anthony Ryan, a series that I really enjoy, and I actually just finished last week his new book, A Wolf's Call, which was really good and um, had a little bit of a surprise, well, surprises throughout the book and a surprise ending that I kind of saw coming, we'll say, but um, it was definitely an experience, and I highly recommend it, and I may uh, talk about that one at some point, but what I mainly like to do is actually talk about um, older things, because uh, newer books and shows and things like that are always advertised all over the place, so I like to try to highlight a few of the things that may have slid under the radar or, um, you know, experiences that people may not have thought of or haven't played in a long time. Now, getting back to um, why this is coming out so much later than my previous episode, it's been close to a month since my last entry, and that's um, a little, that's pretty much on me. Um, even though it's been a little bit busy here and there, um, I did fall into, let's say it's a little bit of a depression, um, in the last couple of days. Um, nothing serious and nothing, um, not saying it's exactly depression, it may not be the best word for it, but, um, I was feeling a little bit low and still trying to get out of it and unfortunately that made me uh, second guess actually putting out these episodes Um, not getting much feedback on them has made me reconsider even doing them and not doing them um, put me into well let's say just a little bit of a funk of um, just not doing much of anything and this has caused Um, at least in my opinion, a little bit of a lack on a lot of different fronts. Um, I had finished, I had recently finished a Lego set that I've uh, been wanting to complete for a long time. However, I haven't started on the other ones, which I've really wanted to do. 
Uh, same thing with my practicing. As uh, you heard from previous podcasts, that I actually started playing bass. And recently, my less uh, my practices, my own personal practices, have been a little bit slacking. And that again is kind of on me on this kind of. Um, uh, mental state that I'm trying to get past. So I figured that one of the things that did keep me active and wanting to do a lot of these things is this podcast, and I wanted to get back into it. So most of the time, I do try to take one individual um, item, like one game or one book, and really dive deep into it, not only giving you my personal opinions and retrospectives, but try to give you a little bit of a background on it as well, so that you can take some time, maybe research it, and see if it's something that you want to do. But today's going to be a little bit different. Today, I'm going to kind of rapid fire a lot of different items and um, trying to give a Maybe you can think of it like a preview or just kind of a quick shot. So this podcast not may not be as long as other ones. Usually I can uh, go on certain topics for uh, quite a while if you listen to my previous ones. And the focus of this one is actually going to be RPG video games that I've enjoyed in the past and maybe a handful that are actually available now that I would almost recommend, that I would definitely recommend, um, you know, maybe checking out and see what you like. This is also a little bit of a shout out to a good friend of mine named David, and he has a podcast called Car Thoughts with Dave that I've listened to um, fairly I would say from the beginning almost. I found out about it um, when he was a few episodes in. And um, I've been enjoying listening to him. He was daily for a while. Now he's going to weekly. And I've always been interested in hearing not just his thoughts on uh, the world or um, his ideas and um, his own retrospectives on different items, but also his interviewing. Um, He does interviews with a lot of different either um, other podcasters, entrepreneurs, um, motivational speakers, and he's pretty much a motivational speaker himself by going on to things like LinkedIn. Um, More recently, I've seen him that he's actually on Twitch. So if you're ever on Twitch or even sometimes on YouTube, I've seen him uh, post his videos on YouTube as well. He runs a um, kind of like a walkthrough channel um, of different RPGs that he enjoys playing. Uh, Most recently, I believe he did Final Fantasy VII. And right now he's doing Fantasy Star uh, 4, I believe. I think that's what it is. I've never played that particular one. Uh, I think he's also done Chrono Trigger. and Or maybe it's Chrono Cross. I get those confused. It might be Chrono Trigger. Um, and I believe he recently did, if I remember this correctly, it may have been... Sudoken 2? No, Sudoken 1? Maybe, I don't know. But um, his channel is called, or his Twitch channel, I should say, uh, is called Styles by 3. And um, his, uh, his uh, po- uh, post, his stream is uh, <laughs> kind of called Incompetently 
um, playing, I believe. I know I'm going to get that wrong, so let's take a few moments while I actually look it up, because I don't want to get it wrong. So, definitely called Styles by Three is his track name, and... going to turn that off but anyway if you look up uh, styles by three you'll definitely find it and um the main thing is i wanted to kind of talk about a few rpgs that maybe give him some ideas and maybe give yourself ideas on you know kind of games that you may be interested in now before we get into that um you know there's a few things i like to uh do like to talk about though i don't try to harp on current events as much um i want to this is more or less of a channel to um just explore things that you love to kind of relax and maybe give you things to um take your mind off of things to maybe um spark creative juices or creative um thinking in your own mind so i try not to bog down on too many um either um current events or um things that i don't like but kind of feel that we do have to talk about a few things so of course um few about two weeks ago from uh this podcast of course there was a horrible shooting that happened in two different locations, believe in um, Paso, uh, Texas, and in um, Dayton, Ohio. Now, I won't go into any details on those kind of shootings, but one of the things that, of course, um, since it kind of affects what I'd like to talk about, is the, um, and they always go to this whenever any kind of, um, incident happens or any kind of tragedy happens, they always want to go to video games and they always like to um, point out uh, the violence and how much um, kids are being, as, as uh, most politicians like to put it, inspired or encouraged to do uh, violence in video games. So let me tell you from somebody who has been playing games since the original Nintendo Entertainment System and seeing the rise and change of it, um, games aren't the answer. I mean, sure, games can um, influence uh, any person, not just kids, but any person of any age, sure, can influence how you look at things or how you perceive things, but to say that they're the sole reason of different tragedies that's happened is just poor and just incomprehensible. There's multiple reasons and multiple factors that go into every single tragedy. And unfortunately, um, it just seems that a lot of people don't want to take the time to look at all the different elements. They just want to pick out the one that's easiest to attack and not only the easiest to attack, but the easiest to look like you're doing something about it. So, 
you they want to attack games because it's one it's the easiest to attack because the only person that's going to def- the people that defend it they're either going to say oh you're just a kid or oh you're um it's another game where it's like, unfortunately, there's not many politicians that are going to actually step up and defend the games. But not only that, it's also the easiest to try to bandage. Um, you know, they'll have a couple of weeks or even a month of different companies, um, like retail companies, trying to say, oh, well, we'll stop the uh, selling of violent games and we'll uh, take down... Uh, banners and demos of games but at the same time they do that but the minute uh, Call of Duty 5 or the newest um, EA game comes out and it's supposed to be a big seller guess what's going back up guess what's going on there so it's this little bandage they put on that you know really doesn't do anything and it doesn't address the real issues now i'm not going to get into all the nitty-gritty but i mean let's think about this if let's say and recently this happened with walmart for instance i've read different things that walmart is trying to take down the demos and try to stop the sale of violent games which, you know, maybe is all in good if you want to say it's for the children. But at the same time, you, they make this big, like, long reserve, like, we have to take down the games, we have to take down this. Yet you still have a entire hunting section and you have uh, several different guns, um, shotguns, and uh, different types of what we would call hunting items like uh, knives and weapons on display cases and completely visible so that doesn't make too much sense to me it's like you're saying you're trying to do this for the kids but at the same time you're still displaying and and I think the picture and I don't know if this is happening now which would be very um uh tactless if this is if this was the case you have these uh guns and some of them are even on sale so you know explain that one to me how you can justify um saying games are the cause but you're actually still displaying and even and selling and even putting on sale the actual weapons that are doing the damage that doesn't make too much sense. And it's kind of one of those that it involves a deeper conversation, but it can get very heated. And as I said, this isn't the place, this isn't the time, at least not right now, that I want to really get into it. But I feel like, you know, we do have to address that we are living in a. Uh, very interesting and dangerous times where not only things are happening, but everyone is jumping on these different bandwagons and um, trying to lay blame in one place. And the truth of the matter is, is that it's all always going to be complex. It's never going to be this one thing. You're never going to be able to pinpoint these things to just one cause. It's always going to be multiple things. And, uh, and as soon as 
people start realizing that it's multiple factors, then maybe we can work on trying to do something to actually help. Now, it is going to hurt some people, and especially, um, unfortunately, it's going to hurt some people who make a lot of money. But if you're really wanting to um, make a real change, not just a quick bandage that will be forgotten in the next uh, month or in the next year, it's gonna it's gonna require some heavy conversations on all sides, and it's gonna require heavy truths. Now let's get out of that funk and kind of go to the real thing of what my podcast is I try to bring. And one of the things that David, the person I talked about earlier, he's doing a lot of these RPG runs. And I recommended at least one RPG to him. Um, And he's um, actually been playing um, another one of my favorites, Legend of Dragoon. Um, But I would like to at least mention a couple of others. And these are older um, role-playing games and even action games that went under the radar and haven't really seen a major reboot or um, update in a while. And these are kind of games I really wish would come back. Um, and like I said, this normally I try to go really into it, like the company and kind of backgrounds and music, but this time we're going to take it light and just a few kind of overviews. So one of the ones that he actually just finished um, that I really enjoyed was Legends of Dragoon. Now this was a PlayStation 1 game way back in the day. And it was a lot of fun. Um, when I originally picked it up, it was right after uh, Final Fantasy VII. And I was looking for um, something similar, another RPG. And I found this one. And when I first started, it was really, it was very similar in its design and, you know, how the characters looked. But they were a little bit, um, the picks, the um, sprites, I should say, because it was PlayStation 1, were a little bit more detailed than the uh, Final Fantasy games, which was real nice. Also, it had a beautiful opening, um, much like the Final Fantasy games. And this is a case where you see on all RPGs, especially uh, back in the um, PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 era, a lot of these role-playing games had these either um, CG or anime-style openings that were extremely beautiful and or almost an opening to a show. And a lot of them... And it, they did a good job because they would really get you into this, even though the rest of the game would look nothing like what you just saw. Kind of like um, if you ever go back and watch the openings to um, old uh, cartoon series like Transformers, G.I. Joe, um, heck, even things like Jim. Um, they had openings that were done by a, probably like a these outside companies and they took time effort they usually had a ripping soundtrack and amazing animation but then when the show comes on the show is eh, decent but you can see where they a lot of times have cut quarters uh, especially transformers where uh, different Autobots or 
icons were colored like almost the exact same or the logos were wrong or in G.I. Joe using like a lot of the same uh, like kind of um, models with one or two exceptions for special characters. But um, video games kind of did the, they kind of learned that trick. And a lot of these RPGs, even though uh, when you start, when you play them, they uh, play if you watch ever footage of Final Fantasy, Legend of Dragoon, um, uh, Grandia, uh, Lunar, um, things like that, where it's very pixel based. But they would catch you with a really cool opener as well as like this animated um, uh, kind of intro, almost like you're watching the start of an anime. But kind of going back to Legend of Jakun, it did that too, but it did something a little bit different where it kept you involved during the fight. And I think Legend of Jakun was my first experience with real quick time. Now, I do remember things like um, the power pad where you had to um, actually kind of run on this little pad. And of course, um, the gun, the um, old Nintendo gun and things like that. But um, most of the fantasy games up to the PlayStation point, at least the ones that I've seen, were very like you picked an attack or you picked an ability and it just did them. Where in Legend of Dragoon, you actually had to be involved in it. So when they attacked, there was a combo that you would have to press at the same time they attack. And if you did it right, you would do more damage or you would be able to pull off like longer combinations to get more hits. And this would cause the fights to go a little bit faster because the more damage you do, the faster you'll defeat them. And if you didn't do them, sometimes in the wrong or sometimes the enemy would counter. And in which case you had to press the right button to counter the attack or else you would get hit and then you would take damage instead. It was a very involved combat system. And not only that, the story was actually really good too. Even though it starts off very basic or, you know, similar to any other um, kind of role-playing game where you have your hero who comes back to his village, is under attack, and his old friend slash love interest has been taken, and he has to go out and save her, but then at the same time he meets up with another person who's also there, and then they team up, and as all three of them escape, you eventually uh, open up the world to... Um, the bigger turmoil that's happening and you run across other characters who join you and it's like I said all very basic but I think done very well um David actually makes a comment on one of his uh uh podcasts that um the dialogue would probably need to be tweaked and I started playing it um, again, just kind of my own interest, and he's not wrong there. There are certain uh, dialogue lines that are like, I don't know, that you know, you can get away with it back in the uh, early 90s, but now uh, you need to tweak that a little bit. So if you ever have a chance, Legend of Dragoon is available, I know, on the PlayStation Store. I believe he got it on the Xbox Store, maybe, but um, I know it's a game that's available to download if you can find it and you have a PlayStation 1 that works hey go for it but it's definitely worth a play and I would say that if you know or can reach out to people who um, are game creators I think Legend of Goon would be a great game to maybe kind of go back to and redo or update
Um, another one that I had recommended to him, and I think he's going to be playing soon, is uh, Battle Chasers Night War. Now, this one is a newer game. It came out about a couple, maybe a year or two ago, and is based off the Battle Chasers comic. Uh, if you ever have a chance, Battle Chasers was this kind of um, fantasy-style sword and sorcery comic uh, drawn by, I believe, it's uh, Joe Matarera. He did a lot of the... 90, uh, late 90s X-Men comics um, very stylized action oriented it's amazing artwork um, if you ever a chance the uh, first kind of uh, series first volume which is like only 10 issues is available on Amazon dot, uh, amazon.com or on Kindle and let me tell you if you have a chance to look at the artwork it it's really cool and amazing. It's out there, and I've always liked it. Um, I got a chance to read because it, it was like on sale. So if you have a chance to really get into it, it's pretty cool. And not only that, the game, which I believe takes place way after, I think it does. It's, it doesn't have anything to do with the story that's happening in the comic. Um, so the game takes place way later, but it's almost done in that same art style. Not just the uh, little cinematics in between, but also just the gameplay itself. It's almost as if they took that art style and put it into the actual sprites of the game. And in my opinion, it's one of the best looking 2D games that you can get or role-playing games. It's it's um, still, and if you like the kind of old school's turn style uh, system, it still works on that. And I think it works to a great avail to that one. So if you have a chance, Dark, uh, sorry, uh, Battle Chasers Night War. Great game to maybe pick up. Like I said, this one is more recent, so you should be able to find it on most uh, stores. I think it even just came out on the Switch. So definitely look into that one. Um, another RPG that I played that I really liked was Grandia 2. Now, Grandia 1, I believe, was on the original PlayStation, uh, but I never played that one. But I did manage to, and I'm not sure on that original PlayStation thing, I think it was on PlayStation. Uh, but I got on it on Grandia 2, and I originally got it on the Dreamcast. Now, the Sega Dreamcast, oh, that's a, another just entire... Uh, podcast on its own on that kind of rise and fall of that system but there were some amazing games that did come out on it and one of those um was grandia 2 and grandia 2 was one of the first ones at least that i played that really took advantage of the 3d environment so your spells um you know you had spells that would um, go in a cone or affect an area. You even had some spells that would uh, space things apart or bring them together closer so that you can do an attack that would incorporate, you know, that would attack everybody. Or if you had to separate them because maybe they had a special ability, you can do that. Uh, one of the biggest takeaways I could take from the game, and it later came out on uh, they, it came out on Dreamcast originally, and then later it was reintroduced on PlayStation Two, 
unfortunately, when they put it back on PlayStation 2, I think they messed up on, and I remember a little bit of this, I think they messed up on the sound quality, because there was a lot of things where this, when it, um, like different actions and spells, it got very distorted, unfortunately. So that would be one that if you can tweak that, I think that would work great just being slightly redone. It wouldn't need as much work as Legend of Dragoon, which would probably need, if you wanted to bring that to current consoles, that would almost be a complete overhaul. It You'd almost have to be creating a brand new game when it comes to Legend of Dragoon, just of how much you really want, at least for me, how much I would like them to do, because I... With Legend of Dragoon, I'd want them to update all the graphics because you can now, because you can make those better. Maybe even change up the gameplay a little bit because even that one, it was decent for the time, but definitely outdated. Uh, the cutscenes, Dragon Dragon would would be a complete overhaul. Whereas Grandia 2, I think still, if I remember correctly, and maybe I have nostalgia glasses on, it still works for a lot of it. Um, just a little, like I said, tweaks here and there, graphics and then sound. But one of the things I really stand out is one of the attacks uh, that one of the characters says, and she yells this uh, during her fire attacks, is deep fried goodness. And when me and a buddy from uh, college, when we first um, saw this game and actually were playing, and he played along, uh, he had to... Dreamcast later, so um, I got him to play it a little bit too. That was one of our like takeaway lines uh, from that series, and we just and being in the south, that kind of fits with a lot of food down here. So we used to use that deep fried goodness on just about everything. Uh, so if you ever have a chance, and I think if you ever play Grandia too, you'll know when it comes up, and it's almost so memorable you know that would be the one takeaway you'll definitely um get from that game so that's another one that i would recommend now uh, another one that i will kind of recommend even though i didn't play a whole lot of it but this was one of those games that um the opening um animation and the opening music got me more than anything else um as I look it up here, and I believe uh, David kind of tried playing it a little bit, but he couldn't quite get into it, which I, I can understand that. It's not the easiest game to play, and it's called it's Wild Arms 2. Now, this one was a kind of like same RPG on the... Uh, fantasy, the Final Fantasy style, but is a little bit different in which you actually had um, Wild Arms is in reference to most of the characters actually use uh, weapons or guns, and there was like a lot of management with like bullet styles that you'd have to get. Um, but not only that, there were um, kind of platforming elements where you had to, when you're not in fights and you're just moving around in the world or in dungeons, you had to avoid traps or run faster to get past things. And um, that was kind of cool. And I, like I said, only played a little bit of it, but the main thing I loved about this was the opener. Now I'm going to play it for you a little bit right now and you can hear what I'm talking about. And it was just like, when I first heard it, I thought it was like one of the coolest 
um, video game opening that I've ever heard. So take a listen to this. Hopefully that came through all right. But yeah, that was, when I first heard that intro, that was one of the craziest, and if you have a chance, check it out on um, YouTube. You can definitely watch the entire intro, and it looks like the be and it it's, it's definitely looks like the beginning of um, a really cool anime that just basically never happened. Um, but I really liked it, and at least enjoyed the very first part of it so i would recommend that one to give it a try and it's also one of those worst that um i don't know if i can't remember if they ever tried to um i think there may have been a third game um but if they can just bring back even if it's just that opening um that would be a cool game to bring back uh the last game that i want to talk about and i say last but only not because i can't think of any others but because i didn't want this to go uh, as long as it has and it seems like it's actually going way longer than i expected so i will um even though i can keep on going on a lot of different other games i'll keep this one a little bit short um another game that i would say deserves kind of this remake or remaster is brave fencer musashi now, I believe Brave Friends of Musashi was actually made by Squaresoft. So, it's um, made as a Final Fantasy. And, yes, it was made by Final Fantasy because the game, if I remember correctly, it came out on PlayStation 1 and had a demo for um, Final Fantasy 8, I believe. Um, Brave Friends of Musashi was almost it was Squaresoft's attempt to do a Legend of Zelda game. So, it's this kind of um, top, almost top-down adventure style action game um where you're playing this um fighter to censor and you have these basic sword attacks but one of the cool elements about it or there was several of them but one of the cool elements was that you had this ability to basically absorb different enemies that you fight and you would get 
abilities from them. Now, some of them would be, sometimes it would just be extra health or a potion, but sometimes you would learn a new attack or an ability, like the ability to double jump or the ability to roll or a kind of fire attack. And it was cool because once you learn these abilities, there'd be places later, because it's kind of a almost open world-ish type uh, game, kind of like Zelda, but there'll be areas that you can get to because you have those abilities now. And they did a good job with at least sort of most, for the most part of the game, the ability you need would be in the area that you would use it. So if there's an area where um, a rolling, uh, rolling attack will actually uh, enable you to traverse the area uh, quickly, then there'll be enemies that if you absorb them will give you that roll ability. Um, same thing with the jump or the fire. There'd be enemies in that area that as long as you absorb them, they can you can be able to do that. But not only that, and there's certain things like in the villages, you would have to knock on doors. So you could just barge into different houses. And there were some places like either the inn or the pub where um, certain things wouldn't happen unless it's a time of, unless it's at night or during the day. And when you go to like the inn, you can select, well, you know, do a full day's rest or maybe just half a day so that it converts it from, you know, converts the scene from night to day. And just like, um, and not only would you be able to maybe access someplace different, or maybe, I think I remember correctly, there's like this kind of bar, but if you go at night, then you're able to go behind the counter and there was like another dungeon you can go into. But if you, but if you go during the day, that area is closed or the attend the bartender wouldn't be able to let you pass um but not only that there was also enemies that different enemies will come out during day or night and it was done really good i believe that playstation 2 kind of made a um update um it wasn't brave fencer it was like brave fighter musai or something like that but it wasn't the same game not even close and I think that one would do a really good job if you kept it kind of the same with the more, I don't want to say cartoony, but I guess stylized, that kind of animated feel to it. Don't make it too serious and still have it kind of that top-down um, action RPG element. I think it would do great. There was actually a game that um, <laughs> I got on because, uh, again, I go back to David. He's really, he's always been a good friend to me and um, friend to me, not a friend of me, geez. Uh, it's just making my words, that's why it's gone on too long. But he's always been a good friend and um, one of the games that he has, has played that I really enjoyed uh, was Cat's Quest, which is this a uh, fun little adventure game, um, you know, kind of any developer is only available online through like online stores. Like I got through the PlayStation Store, but you can't through the Xbox Store or whatever, Steam or what have you. And it's a fun, you know, little kind of adventure game with cat puns and you're like this cat creature and you're fighting all these different monsters. But something like that for Brave Fencer, maybe a little bit more detail because uh, there is some... Um, platforming elements because there's like different areas where you have to like kind of 
jump on platforms or dodge steam vents or fire pits and things like that. So um, something like that would be really cool if they can bring back Fave, Brave Fencer Musashi. And I know I think um, Dave mentioned, uh, as far as the games he's playing, that um, Zelda was one of those games that was kind of tough because I went through this too when trying to play the old school Legend of Zelda is that, you know, you get stuck in certain places where if you don't have a strategy guide or already know what to do, you're like kind of stalled in place. Um, I actually, the only Zelda game I actually managed to get through all the way was Ocarina of Time, um, because it's a little bit more, um, direct on where you have to go and what you have to get, and I also had the, um, fortune of, um, being able to access a strategy guide for it. So that was one that I was actually, but I do know that that feeling on those style games that, you know, especially the older ones, they really don't give you a clear path. It's almost like you figure it, they almost wanted you to figure it out on your own. And then they kind of came up with the strategy guys later realizing, oh yeah, not a lot of people are figuring this out. So we kind of have to spell it out at least a little bit. But, um, but I think, and again, nostalgia glasses may be, coloring it a little bit differently, but I think Brave Fencer Musashi, or sorry, yeah, Brave Fencer Musashi was pretty straightforward on what it did and pretty clear on, okay, well, if you're trying to progress here, then you need this ability, or if you're trying to get through this door, well, come back around this time, um, and things like that, but I think that one was really good, and I hope that that's the one that kind of gets a... Um, update and one that maybe David will decide to kind of try out if you can find it. Well, I'm gonna kind of leave it off in games from that one and kind of close up soon. Um, a couple other things just want to kind of get through pretty quickly. A few TV shows that I've been watching that have been really great. Um, if, you have, if you have a chance, Cinemax, uh, I believe a couple about a month or so ago, finished up their first season of Warrior, which was a kind of martial arts film that takes place back in uh, the late 1800s in San Francisco during the Chinese um, kind of immigration into the city and that kind of, um, you know, kind of background of that um late 1800s era of the Chinese coming into San Francisco, them trying to establish themselves, but also the different um, gangs that um, developed and also the political climate there, but also having some great martial arts within the film. So if you ever have a chance, um, Warriors is a really great film. Uh, another one that came out recently on Netflix called Wu Assassins, uh, which is a martial arts film with... Um, the main uh, actor from the Raid series, Iko Waya, I think. I'm probably saying that last name completely wrong, and I apologize. But that's another martial arts film that's been really cool, kind of like this. Um, he's a uh, chef that gets kind of uh, caught up in a kind of mystical fight, and um, he gains some abilities and has to fight off other, peop um, other people who also have these abilities, but while also trying to protect his friends and family um, from just average gangs as well as these mystical ones. 
And the last one I want to talk about is The Boys on Net. Uh, sorry, on Amazon Prime. Now, The Boys um, is based off of a comic, I believe, back in the uh, early 2000s, late uh, 90s. And it's a kind of deconstruction on the superheroes. So it's kind of like if superheroes were um, modern day celebrities where they had publicists and PR people, but also that they let, you know, their egos get to their heads. Um, And also that a lot of them, in the case of the show, the boys, all the superheroes are technically run by a company and what that company would do to enhance their image or make sure things didn't get out. And it follows um, several different people. Um, One that a tragic accident happens when a superhero um, uh, inadvertently kills this person's uh, girlfriend and his kind of um, turmoil of dealing with the kind of fallout of what happens after that and where he goes from here. But you also follow a new superheroine called Starlight as she's accepted into the Seven, which is the kind of big superhero team that everyone knows and loves, but then come to find out that everything isn't as great or as idealized as she thought it was. It's a really great series. Um, I will give a warning that it is very explicit on the uh, language, the uh, violence, and as well as the content. And um, yeah, it's definitely not for kids. So don't get the wrong idea when uh, I or anyone else who describes this movie as being superheroes or um, an evil version of like the Justice League or Superman, which it certainly is, but it is definitely an adult show and it is not suited for kids. So there's a spoiler warning on that. But anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. I want to again thank um, anyone who's decided to listen to this podcast. As always, if you have any suggestions, anything that you think I should add, or just things that I can make this a little bit better, you can always leave messages to me on um, through this on Anchor, which is the uh, platform I normally go through. But you can also send me messages on Twitter at Morningstar Journal. Journal is actually spelled J R N L, and you can also leave me a message. At on Gmail at the Morningstar Journal at gmail.com. So it's all spelled out, no spaces, the Morningstar Journal at gmail.com. Um, I also sometimes post a few things on Facebook. So if you do find my uh, Facebook page, you can always leave me a post there. But um, that's all I got for today. I hope to try to get back onto a more regular and normal schedule. So um, expect uh, some more more focused uh, podcasts in the future. Uh, hopefully I'll get into a few specifics and a few um, and maybe even kind of get back into playing um, on my base for the podcast as well. But thank you and have a great week. Peace.